welcome to the third installment of the quarterly pitch day presented by I'm with RJ. I'm of course RJ Falcioni. And before we jump into it, I have to say thank you to all of our loyal listeners and you newcomers for joining us. The Q1 2021 event is a special one as we are blessed to be co-presenting in participation with our friends from Ease as we work collaboratively to shine a light on three California-based female-led social equity businesses. Allow me to introduce my co-host for the event, Senior Social Impact Manager of Ease and Point Person for the Momentum Accelerator, Isak Ali. What's going on, Isak? Hey, RJ. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. We're, we're super stoked for you to be here as well. Um, so before we get into things, uh, do the listeners a favor. You know, For those that don't know that have been living under the rock and too stoned, um, give them a quick review about the Momentum Accelerator by Ease. Totally. Yeah. So uh, the Momentum program is a business accelerator that we started in 2019, focused on supporting underrepresented entrepreneurs in the cannabis space. So we're really trying to focus on people of color, women, the LGBTQ plus community, veterans, patients, really anyone that's been harmed by the war on drugs that's trying to enter the industry. Um, As we know, it's very difficult for a lot of traditional um, legacy folks to enter. And especially as this new industry has been rolling out, we've been really trying to figure out a way and how we could support some of these small and social equity businesses. So we created the Momentum program, which provides a $50,000 grant um, to each of the 10 businesses that participate. Um, And they also go through a 12-week business curriculum, get paired up with world-class mentors, and then kind of wrap up the entire program with an investor pitch day. And so some of the folks that we'll be hearing today are uh, alum of our first year of the Momentum program, and we're currently in the process of launching our our, our second year um, nationwide. So it's very exciting stuff. Awesome. If you want more information, please check out ease.com backslash Momentum, or catch the recent I'm with RJ podcast episode featuring Isak on I'mwithrj.com, where we discuss the Momentum program and the importance of celebrating and investing in social equity cannabis. That episode of I'm With RJ is also available on all major streaming platforms. If this is your first time catching the I'm With RJ quarterly pitch day, or the QPD as we like to call it, it's important to be aware of the format of our presentations as we do things a little bit differently than some of the old-fashioned pitch days you might have participated in or have listened to or attended in the past. The QPD format consists of a 30-minute presentation divided into three parts. The first five minutes are a conversation-style presentation by our featured founders, where they have the opportunity to discuss the business and the available investment opportunities. Do not expect to see slides or hear packaged presentations. The quarterly pitch day is all about founders discussing their businesses as if they were introducing the concept to a new contact at an industry event or an MJ BizCon after party. Shout outs to Willie's Reserve. The second five minutes focuses on what we've dubbed a fireside chat. This is when our presenting companies will discuss the impact they are having or seek to have in the context of social impact and justice. Finally, the last 20 minutes of each presentation consists of a round of Q&A and features some of my favorite investors and fund managers asking our presenting founders more questions about their business and the investment opportunity itself. So with the details out of the way, let's take this opportunity to introduce our guest judges. Joining us from Alternative is Ford Smith. Ford will be focused on grit, determination, and vision. From Poseidon Partners, we have Andres Navia. Andres will be focused on financials and the competitive landscape. 
From 1212 Ventures, uh, we have Matt Barron. Matt will be focused on marketing. From Big Rock, we have Joyce Sonali, focused on market penetration. And finally, from Normandy Road Partners, we have William McCarthy. William will be focused on marketing. I also want to take the time to shout out some of the wonderful supporters of the quarterly pitch day. First and foremost, Outspoke.io. We also like to thank Peter Houston and the team at Backbone IQ, along with Brent Johnson and the Hoban Law Group. Shout outs to Bob Hoban as well. Uh, additionally, I want to thank the team from Cookies for their relentless dedication to supporting the Q1 quarterly pitch day by I'm with RJ. And of course, for their support of and record of working with biopic and social equity license holders. As one of the most recognizable names in the global cannabis industry, Cookies, more so than anyone else, has been able to scale their market share without losing touch with their roots. And for that, we applaud them. We got to hear from the Cookies team in our fourth presentation, which will feature a roundtable discussion with the founders of our three presenting companies as they discuss the ins and outs of social equity cannabis. Without further ado, joining us for the first presentation is Amber Center of Oakland's Breeze Distro. Hey there, uh, my name is Amber Center. I'm CEO and founder of Breeze Distro. Breeze Distro is a house of brands as well as a manufacturer and distributor. We work to build and sustain inclusive supply chains. We are the premier black and brown cannabis brand distributor in California. Breeze Distro team is two folks, myself and my business partner, Cesar Angobaldo, who is the CFO. Um, he and I have combined 15 years of cannabis experience. Um, we uh, have operations uh, headquartered in Oakland, California. We're bringing a uh, distribution facility in LA online here in the next quarter. Um, uh, Breeze Distro does have a contract with the city of Oakland to um, manage a shared social equity manufacturing facility, which is the first of its kind in the country. Um, I am an advocate in the cannabis space for black and brown people constantly working to lower barriers of entry. So um, I'm also a co-founder and a executive director of Supernova Women. Uh, Supernova is a group of women of color that works to empower people of color to become self-sufficient shareholders in the cannabis industry. So in that work, um, we've worked with the city of Oakland to develop and implement uh, the first social equity a program in the country. We've also um, worked with uh, other cities as well as the state of California to establish their social equity program. So um, I, I really like the intersection of Supernova and Breeze and that um, I've now uh, figured out a way to have my for-profit business work in tandem with my nonprofit uh, and working uh, to lower barriers of entry and create opportunities for black and brown folks uh, and cannabis in California. So uh, in that, uh, social equity programs mandate a number of different things. There's a number of different components with these programs, but uh, one, one ad competitive advantage that we have is that uh, social equity programs have mandated uh, certain amounts of uh, retail shelves be dedicated to these brands. And so um, what I want, I'm working to do is um, 
basically fill that void and and fill and fix that problem and create access in a marketplace that includes black and brown uh, cannabis brands. So um, we have a number of different brands in uh, under Breeze Distro. Um, one of them is the Congo Club, which uh, features an African land race sativa. It is um, the third best selling sativa brand in the state of California, according to BDS Analytics. And um, we're looking to really expand and add uh, more African land race strains to that brand. Um, I'm working on a number of other brands. Uh, I have uh, some great advisors on the Breeze Distro team, uh, Ben Larson, uh, who's the CEO of Vertosa, as well as uh, uh, Luke uh, Anderson, who is uh, head of CAN, as well as uh, Zach Carpenter, who uh, was also a part of Ease Momentum's program and was my advisor there and is now my advisor for Breeze. And uh, they've really been helping me uh, grow the company strategically, helping me with uh, formulations, helping me with sourcing, uh, as well as um, building the brands that we do have under the Breeze Distro umbrella. And uh, so Breeze is looking to raise a million dollars on a safe note. And we'll use that capital to um, grow out um, um, our uh, distribution as well as our manufacturing. Um, we'll also use those funds to build capacity within the company and um, also to uh, uh, obtain our annual licenses. Um, we wanna make sure that we secure those uh, by the end of 2021. All right, so let's go into segment two here, Amber, the uh, fireside chat. So I've got a couple of cool things happening here. As I just mentioned, we have um, the shared manufacturing facility with Breeze. Um, Equity Works Incubator is the name of the incubator. We have six social equity operators uh, currently operating out of the facility. Um, and um, I, I've partnered actually with my nonprofit organization, uh, Supernova on this, where um, Supernova has uh, created a workforce development program, which is the first of its kind in the country. Uh, it's funded by the city of Oakland. And so what we're looking to do is uh, support the equity operators by building a social equity workforce. So um, the definition of a social equity worker is a little bit different than a social equity operator in that it's a bit more loose, so it can be more inclusive. And um, what, uh, what we'll be doing is uh, bringing in this social equity workforce to support the operators in the facility. And this is really cool because uh, not only are we bringing in uh, folks from the community, from these dis uh, disenfranchised communities, but um, we'll be teaching them uh, uh, two tracks, um, manufacturing as well as uh, metric and compliance, so that um, they'll have enough training and they'll have the training to, you know, either stay in cannabis or not. Uh, they'll have uh, the, the skill set to um, be able to uh, succeed um, in cannabis or, you know, they could go into pharmaceutical company, uh, pharmaceutical industry 
whatever it is they choose. And um, this is really how um, the social equity program is supposed to work. It's supposed to impact the entire community, not just those that want to uh, operate cannabis businesses, but we also want to empower and uplift uh, folks that want to participate uh, in the industry period, not uh, just from a uh, ownership standpoint. So um, this is really exciting um, and uh, something that I'm uh, very passionate about and really hoping that we can continue to uh, build on and expand upon the social equity program and um, continue to push the envelope forward in the city of Oakland as a model for the rest of the country. We did some really cool stuff at the end of 2021. Uh, so um, cannabis operators were affected by um, the civil unrest that happened uh, surrounding the uh, protests of uh, the killing of George Floyd and um, um, some of the black and brown operators, social equity operators, businesses were robbed, um, robbed and really just completely destroyed in some cases. And um, so uh, my nonprofit, Supernova, we raised uh, $30,000 and selected six operators and gave them grants of 5800 bucks a piece. And... Um, uh, that was that was uh, that was the first time that we've been able to raise money, really, and it was kind of funny because uh, Supernova, we've been running on like a shoestring shoestring budget for many years, and um, we raised all this money and we just turned around and gave it away versus uh, actually using it for the uh, the organization. But it ended up working out in our favor because. Um, that brought a lot of awareness to the organization. People really started to understand and see uh, the impact that we're, we, are ha we have and what we're doing. And uh, we had our best fundraising year ever last year, um, which was really exciting. We've been able to build capacity and add staff. Um, but um, yeah, the partnership between uh, Breeze and Supernova has been something that I've really been working very hard to to uh, really kind of mesh both of these things together for a very long time and uh, really excited that it's finally started to come to fruition. And uh, I, I will also add that um, Breeze Distro has been writing the core curriculum um, for the workforce development program. So that's been uh, a really exciting thing for my staff, uh, not just getting the, um, the, um, the experience in doing something like that, but this is also a scalable product um, that we can take to other markets. All right, Joyce, you are up first with uh, questions on market penetration. Amber, good to see you again and connect again. Um, you've come a long way since we last since we last chatted. Congrats, that's awesome, and um, I love seeing uh, Congo Club on Sava <laughs> and out yeah. there in my in my ecosystem. Um, so the, the first question I was interested in, you know, sort of how you've woven um, the incubator for other parties um, with Equity Works um, with the brands that you're bringing to market. So um, I'm interested in the business model, like um, how you guys are, you know, you're providing services. I assume that you're taking some sort of, 
you know, financial stake in those companies? Is that going to go beyond, you know, if they were to uh, move on to another manufacturer, but, you know, they've borne their, their brand and your, and your factory, like, you know, are you going to get long-term equity in those projects? And then how do you separate out your, your own brands uh, from that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, great to see you too, Joyce. And thanks, uh, thanks for those questions. Those are really good questions. Um, so the program has been funded by the city of Oakland. So I, I actually didn't take any equity in, uh, these, uh, folks businesses. I'm just there. Uh, I'm getting paid from the city of Oakland to support them. And, um, so that's what we've been doing. Um, we do have distribution agreements with all of the operators in the facility, um, they are not exclusive. And uh, the reason why I wanted to do that was to make sure that this, that what I am creating is inclusive and that they have the freedom to go and find whoever, work with whoever it is they want. Um, the distributors, um, the retailers that I do uh, have relationships with and that we do um, um, facilitate the the sale and, and to actually distribute to, we have a six month exclusive on that relationship. So uh, in the event that they choose to go with someone else, they, they've got to wait six months. Um, but um, what's been really cool is that uh, not only am I creating opportunities for the operators and um, the incubator, but that also creates opportunities for me. So um, we've been able to leverage a number of different uh, partnerships because of Equity Works Incubator, one in particular with MedMen, who um, has really um, been um, quite an ally in all of this and um, has agreed to not only uh, um, bring all of the products on, uh, bring them on. They've dedicated 15% of their shelf space to black, brown, and social equity brands, but also um, is willing to tell me where the holes are in the menu, you know? Um, and, and and then we can go back and create these products um, th that where they see a, a need in the menu. So it's been uh, really awesome and um um, I feel like a beneficial partnership on both ways. 100%. Yeah, you've got some really heavy hitter retail partners, which is fantastic. Um, the second big question is, you know, I, I see a tremendous gap for like, you know, you're starting to have co-packers, co-manufacturers that maybe have more scale association with really large minimums. Um, you know, I think most of them, it's like a 5,000 minimum. So um, it feels like, you know, you can sort of hit, you know, brand... I, I like to say that all things are craft and cannabis, you know, no brand starts with a hundred thousand unit order from, from a buyer. I mean, if they do, then it's a, it's a vertically integrated bro deal. Right. So how, how does that work in terms of, you know, your minimums, making sure that you sort of, you know, protect your bottom line to have it make sense for you versus, you know, what, what, what the brand is going to be able to accommodate to actually get their feet off the ground. We do have some targets that we want everyone to hit. And uh, that's also where the workforce development program comes in. Uh, they've got this staff now that's been trained, that's able to step in and really help us meet uh, and, and produce uh, products so that we can make sure that we are hitting um, 
these minimums um, and uh, not run, constantly running out of product, not being able to fulfill orders. The retail relationships that we're entering in, we're making sure that we're not getting over our head, basically, and that we are able to fulfill the orders in a timely manner and make sure that uh, we are hitting those minimums. And um, eventually, what Breeze Distro is going to be, um, we are a manufacturer. Um, um, we are looking to uh, open another manufacturing facility that's actually a co-packing facility. Um, and, and somewhere in between, like, uh, you know, our little incubator and a space station, right? Like, there's, there's no real uh, in-between there. So yeah. we're looking to be uh, that co-packer for the black and brown and social equity brands. We are going to help them scale. Um, in the incubator, we've been helping them on a number of different fronts, um, hooking them up with data so that we're making products that make sense for the market, hooking them up with uh, CW Analytical has been giving them free R&D testing. So, and also really coaching them through the whole R&D process uh, to mitigate the mistakes and not make the costly, costly mistakes that uh, lots of manufacturers make when creating their, um, their first and second products. So um, I'm really um, looking to be um, this support system that doesn't necessarily exist um, in the supply chain currently, uh, in particular for black and brown and social equity operators and really help folks um, scale. Cool. Thanks, Joyce. Uh, we're going to kick it over to uh, Matt from 1212 to cover some marketing. Amber, good to connect. I appreciate the time. Um, so on, like on the, on, the, on the branding and the marketing fronts, you know, one of the things that's just unequivocally the most important thing to me is, is just authenticity and credibility. Um, I think that that is what resonates with consumers, right? When, when like, your brand is a reflection of you, the founder. Can you give a little more color into your background prior to getting involved in all that you're doing right now? It's an impressive array of involvement in what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So uh, let's see. Prior to getting into cannabis, uh, my background is in branding and marketing. You know, um, so I've been um, in print. Uh, branding and marketing since I was 20 years old, so the past 20 years. And uh, prior to that, I was in the military. Um, I'm a United States Coast Guard veteran. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I uh, learned a lot about leadership and being helpful and helping people um, through my experience in the military. And um, as a kid, I was always captain of the soccer team. Uh, I was a candy striper, volunteer at the cancer treatment center in my town. Like I've oh, yeah. always been a person um, that's um, looked to help other people and found success in helping other folks. That's great. That's great. Um, and and so you you want to lock down open and expand it into co-packing as well. Um, what are you guys doing to draw in the strongest brands and stabilize your distribution function, stabilize your your broader business entities, right? What 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 are you doing now to to like pull gravity to your to you into your program? Um, really, uh, really just uh, making sure that I'm leveraging all of my relationships and partnerships to help uh, the brands that are in our incubator succeed. And not only that, I've been working with some 
uh, other brands that are black and brown owned that aren't necessarily in my incubator, but I've had relationships with these folks for the past seven years. Um, uh, Whether it's, uh, uh, as I mentioned, I'm uh, a designer, um, a creative director director, art director type. Uh, I've done quite a bit, quite a bit of brand building for other brands uh, in cannabis before I really started to focus and work on my own. And so um, some of those folks that I've worked with in the past have come back to me, much larger brands and said, hey, Amber, we really want you, you actually incubated our brand in the beginning. Like, we want you to be our distributor. So we're working Mm -hmm. those things out right now. So We'll have these big brands and these bigger brands that people didn't even know I had any kind of dealings with in the past. Um, we're attracting them, and and I firmly believe that we will be the premier uh, black and brown and social equity distributor in the state. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it's. Um, I love the like the Congo Club, right? The, like the creativity and cleverness around identifying market gaps is something that really, really resonates, right? I think it's if you do that effectively, it's a reflection of, if you do that effectively, it's a reflection of your, of like your temperature and your pulse on the market, right? You only have that by actually like getting off of a whiteboard, getting out of a boardroom and like being involved, talking to consumers, being on the streets, talking to people, seeing what they're buying, talking about tenders. Um, so this is exciting. This is, this is pretty interesting. We, one of our brands is lemonade right under the, the cookies umbrella, um, that our, our fun launch. So I'd, I'd love to get, into that a bit more with you. Um, grab a bite to eat in Oakland or whatever. Just a, a short swim away. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I've been very connected with the community and listening to the community for a very long time and yeah. amplifying what they're saying to uh, our local um, legislators, regulators. And so this is nothing new for me and um, really being having an ear to the ground and and um, yeah. knowing you know, what's, what's, what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's spot on it. Just keep leaning into that. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon. Awesome. More to talk about. If okay. you're willing, if you're willing to know. Yeah, that's great. All right. Thank cool. you. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Uh, now we're going to go to Andres from Poseidon partners and we are going to focus on uh, competition, competition and financials. Thank you. Amber, so I'm curious, who would you say are your direct and indirect competitors? And I'm curious as to um, how they play, how they compete with regards to this added value in terms of social equity. Um, So some of our competitors, uh, you know, um, we do distribution, but that's not our primary function. We're a manufacturer. So um gold seal um i guess garden society they're 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 somewhat of a competitor they they also have uh, infused products as well as uh, uh branded smokable products um uh another uh competitor um yeah, I, I mean, there's a, there 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 are, there are a, a few, but I feel like what we're doing is extremely unique. 
Um, the, 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 what we're what we're bringing to the market is is something no one's ever done, and that's something that I'm at this point very used to <laughs> doing things that just haven't been done in cannabis. Like who's got an incubator and is incubating brands and then actually distributing them? Nobody, you know, no one's doing this stuff. Um, and no one's really, no one's got a nonprofit on the side and, and, and doing a workforce development program to make sure everybody wins and, 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 and creates products and has a partnership with the city. Nobody's doing this. So, you know, there are facets in where, um, and, and parts, you know, sure there's, there's herbal, sure there's, there's Navis. I'm not those guys. You know, I'm, I'm not competing with those guys. Like what I'm doing is something completely different. And, um, and, the, and there is the gold, the gold seals, you know, but, um, they are not doing what I'm doing. So, um, uh, granted there are, there are certain folks in different sectors, uh, where we are competing. Uh, I feel overall, like there's nobody doing even anything close to what we're doing. Got it. Thank you. Switching gears into financials, I want to be mindful of what you feel comfortable sharing. Um, but I'm curious as to how the firm looks in terms of revenues and gross margin and operating margin. How does that look? Sure. So um, revenues, I'm just going to back off of that a, a bit, not get too much into that, but, um, margin profit margins, um, uh, on our flower products, it, it, it's, it's pretty low. The district, you know, it's not, um, but that's also not, uh, where we expect to make most of our, uh, our generate, well, make most of our money and most of our profit. So we're looking at like 10% on the, on the flower, um, uh, on our distribution, 20%. Um, on our uh, manufactured branded products, 70%. So that's obviously where we're putting our focus. Uh, Breeze Distro is our DBA. That distro part is really just so that people will see us and know us as a company that uh, carries a number of black and brown and social equity brands. But in, in reality, at our core, uh, we are all about those manufactured branded products. All right. That uh, does it for Andres. That does it for you. Thank you. And then uh, Thank you. last but not least, uh, Fort Smith from Alternative is going to cover uh, vision and challenges uh, faced thus far. Hi, Amber. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, Ford. Um, I, in my firm... Uh, I'm the one that doesn't look at financials. Um, I, I listen to the business plan and I, I like to really engage heavily with the founders and what their vision and their dream is because I've realized after investing in companies that didn't have that was involved from the start all the way through for the next five years or 10 or whatever it is, it just, in my experience, they've, they've not carried on the same amount of um will and determination and grit that that most like founder owner operators do and so i i love to sit down and ask like what's the big vision and like what does this look like in five and ten years 
I think that having that North Star is like is just important because this shit gets tough, as I'm sure you've already seen um, in your own experience. So my question is, um, where, where, where did this come about? Like, what, what was the idea that really sparked the inspiration to do this? And I think you covered a little bit of that before, and I can clearly read between the lines. But I, I just kind of want to know where the where the idea and the vision came from and then what does this look like in five years um and that doesn't have to be financial it can be it could be you don't have to calculate revenue you could calculate impact um what does it look like in five years what does it look like in 10 years um are you selling the business to somebody um are you taking it public what's what's your kind of end game yeah sure so um thanks for those questions those are great questions uh it's been um a culmination of life experiences and really seeing like how disenfranchised black and brown communities are just from me surviving, living, being my normal, natural person every day, you know, um, seeing the barriers that we face, seeing how hard it is that we have to work from such a disproportionate place. And um, I really just, wanted to help and and um, be helpful to my community. Uh, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. Um, he was actually featured in Black Enterprise Magazine three times. He was a uh, fourth grade. Um, he, he only made it to the fourth grade. And um, he was like, ended up hiring so many undesirable type of folks from our community. Um, he was just so well-respected and, and very loved and very successful. He actually um, ran something like a distribution company. It was a courier service. And he had all kinds of major contracts with the government. Um, and he employed uh, not just my family, but uh, like I mentioned, um, lots of black people uh, in our uh, in our community. So um, I, I really just wanted to be like my grandfather, you know? Um, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's, he's, he's a great person, but I also don't wanna make the same mistakes that he did. So he, um, he ended up passing away from heart attack and it was just cause he worked too hard. And uh, that's something I definitely don't want to repeat. Um, so where do I see myself in five years? Let's see. Uh, I see us having a co-packing facility. That's awesome. That uh, helps uh, black and brown brands scale. I see us having uh, a cultivation facility with my current cultivation partner um, rolled up uh, as one business and uh, us being vertically integrated. Uh, I see uh, my... Uh, dispensary projects in which we have a share in, um, operational and us pushing products through there. I, I see us coming up with all kinds of, of, uh, of programs uh, and, and, and expanding our work, workforce development, expanding uh, to other uh, cities um, and um, running these shared kitchen and co-packing facilities. Um, I see us distributing throughout the state, you know, um, I'm really excited about what the future holds because really this is not diverting from my path. This is just 
I'm continuing to move forward. It's just progressing as it has been over the past uh, several years. And, and uh, this is, I feel like this is just destined to happen. This is not something that's uh, some far-fetched idea. This is not something that's, oh, doesn't seem attainable. Like I'm on this path. I've been on this path. The, the hard part is done. <laughs> the hard part was convincing people that these social equity programs needed to be a thing. And we did that first. <laughs> we did the hardest part first. And so now it's just a matter of, uh, of scaling and continuing to push forward on what we've been doing. And in 10 years, uh, I see myself uh, just farther down that line. So uh, I've exited, you know, the company's been sold. I'm probably sitting on the board still, uh, making sure that we're, we're, we're staying in alignment with our, our vision, mission, and uh, values. Um, I see myself uh, helping other entrepreneurs. You know, what's really funny is when I was in the Ease Momentum program, I told them that I wanted to have my own incubator in my first video. I didn't realize it was going to happen so quickly, but it yeah. did. <laughs> you know, it did. It happened at lightning speed. And um, I see myself uh, just constantly helping to lower barriers of entry. I would love to have some sort of a foundation. I would love to just constantly be a resource for black and brown entrepreneurs. Um yeah, so that's that's really where I see myself in ten years. Really, just doing what I'm doing, but like, just advanced at this point. Don't.